it's another interview about growing up punk. So if you're a fan of 90s punk rock or even into the early 2000s, which I'm assuming you are if you're listening to the show, it's kind of mostly what we talk about around here, and you're also a fan of YouTube, then there's a good chance that your path, your YouTube viewing path, has crossed paths with this guy. His name is Sam Cavero, and that may not immediately jump out to you, uh, but his YouTube channel, 90s Punk Rock Covers, might be something that you go, yeah, I've seen that before. He's a guy playing his guitar, playing 90s punk rock covers on YouTube. They look fantastic. They sound even better. Anyway, on this episode, our guest today is that man, Sam Cavero. Aaron had the chance to uh, chat with him, and this this is what they had to say. Actually, first, before we get into that, this is a thing I could have probably edited out, but I didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll drop our social media information. Of course, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Growing Punk Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Growing Up Punk. Uh, you can find Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Grew Up Punk. And you can find myself, David, on Instagram and Twitter at David Growing Up. Anyway, all of that stuff is now out of the way. Uh, this is Aaron's interview with Sam Cavero, aka 90s Punk Rock Covers on YouTube. Could you just maybe just kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about maybe how you got started uh, doing covers and, and YouTube and maybe a little bit about that? Sure. Um, okay, so my name is Samuel Cavero. I run a YouTube channel called 90s Punk Rock Covers. And basically, I've had this idea for the longest time. I mean, I've been playing guitar since I was probably 15. Um, and I always wanted to do something... Um, to sort of pay homage to a lot of the bands that I grew up listening to, um, especially in the pop punk uh, genre. And so I got into video and photography about 10 years ago. And ever since then, I've always had the idea I wanted to do like a channel and just do videos and covers. Uh, but, you know, for, for A or B reason, I never got around to do it until I kind of set myself a goal and said, you know, this year I have to do it. doesn't matter how it looks. I just got to throw it out there and see what happens. So. Uh, the first video that I ever shot was a no use for a name cover, uh, Fatal Flu, actually. Awesome. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, I've had the channel for about a little bit over two years now. Uh, it's still growing, you know. It's uh, it's not as easy as people think, uh, but uh, I've been getting a lot of uh, good feedback from um, other people who appreciate this genre of music, uh, and uh, they're very positive, and, and people seem to really, really enjoy the videos and so forth. So. Uh, basically, the channel is that it's, uh, like I said, uh, paying homage to a lot of the bands that I grew up with and also do a little bit of uh, gear reviews because I'm, I'm a huge uh, guitar collector and yeah. gearhead. So um, I try to mix it up, uh, throw in a couple of reviews or just my personal opinion on certain gear that I like. Uh, so hopefully in the future, I will be featuring more of that. But for now, I'm really having a lot of fun doing the covers and so forth. So it's, it's going really great. Yeah, and I think that's what, what really stood out about your channel. You know, there's a lot of other, you know, punk cover channels that show up on my feed that I watch, but there was something about yours with, you know, each one having a different guitar and you, you know, you put on the video kind of the specs of the guitar and and just right. that little extra thing that kind of, you know, I don't necessarily know a lot about guitars, but I know there's a lot <laughs> of people, you know, into music that kind of nerd out about that. And so, you know, it's just an extra exactly. way for you to kind of stand out and 
and just makes the videos really fun to watch. Like every time I look or watch them, I, I don't really know anything about the guitar, but there's something that's just kind of mesmerizing about it and just kind of looking at it and adds that extra bit of, you know, kind of effect to the video. So, so that's awesome. How long yeah, have you yeah. been playing guitar? What made you kind of want to start collecting them and that kind of stuff? Um, I, I think I've always had like a little bit of OCD and uh, I've always, since I was a kid, I've always liked collecting things. Like it started with toys and then it moved into comic books and, uh, eventually once I started, once I started playing guitar, like I said, around 15, um, obviously I was still a 15 year old kid. I didn't really have a lot of money to buy a lot of stuff. Uh, but once I got my first guitar in 99, which, which actually made a video of it, uh, about my top five guitars that I've ever owned. Uh, my first guitar was my real first real guitar was a 99 Gibson Les Paul, which I saved a lot of money to buy. And uh, I was working, you know, a uh, part-time job because I was still in high school. And uh, it, it was, once I got the guitar, something clicked. I'm like, oh, man, I mean, I love the instruments. I love how they look, how they feel. I mean, I love playing them. And, um, you know, ever since then, I just kind of got the itch to buy more stuff. And with time, you know, and I buy and sell a lot of things. But, uh, um, yeah, that's kind of like how, how the whole thing started, um, you know, just the collecting part of it at least. Yeah, and was there a, a band that influenced you to go for the Les Paul? Because that's like my all-time favorite guitar, too, yeah. looks-wise, just because that's what you know so many punk bands use. So yeah, yeah, I mean the the Les Paul to me, it's you know my my guitar. Like it's I, I gravitate towards picking a Les Paul every time I I you know I play guitar or just make a video because they're in punk rock. I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know players that have played with a Les Paul, so particularly i guess the first person i would i would i would say that uh, influenced me to pick up les paul was slash from guns and roses obviously you yeah. know he's uh he's like one of my old-time guitar heroes so even though it's not punk rock but it's he's the guy that i saw when i was a kid and i saw him playing that les paul i was like oh man i gotta have the guitar i like just i have to one day you know so that kind of influenced me but i mean other other guitar players like i mean tom DeLonge from blink played uh, les paul for for a couple of years uh and you know there's uh tony sly from no use for a name he played a really nice Les Paul costume that i always fantasize about a white one uh so yeah it's that guitar for punk rock i think it's like a perfect combination you know you put in a marshall amp and you have like a really good foundation of like a, a 90s punk uh tone in your hands you know yeah yeah so you mentioned guns and roses is that you know kind of what you first got into music or was that kind of some of your earlier influences or you talk a bit about kind of what maybe what some of your earlier memories of music were that kind of first intrigued you? Sure. Um, well, Guns N' Roses came a little bit after. Um, the first kind of encounter with music, I would think, it would be the Beatles. Uh, I had an uncle uh, who passed away a few years ago. He was a very eclectic person. He liked to read a lot. Um, he read comics, he liked all these different types of music. And I remember I was probably five or six at the most. And uh, he purchased me or he bought me a um, LP from Beatles. It was like the greatest hits. I forgot which album it was, but it was like a, some type of greatest hits album. And uh, I remember him telling me like, you know, you might you might be too young to like appreciate this music, but as you get older, you're probably going to like really enjoy this. And so I'm like, OK, so. I remember playing that LP and hearing, you know, one of those classic Beatles songs like Love Me Do or Hard Day's Night or whatever. 
and I was like, at, like at that moment, I, I something clicked in my head. I'm like, man, this is this is great music. I, I, and I was a kid, you know, I was five, six. Uh, and from that point on, like I always gravitated towards like pop side of music, I guess, like melodic, and yeah. and that helped me helped me sort of um, understand melodies and and composition and singing. And so from that point on, I think that's that's kind of like how I, I started my my journey into music. And then obviously, as I grew up, uh, as I grew older, uh, Guns N' Roses was obviously a, a big influence for me, um, even though I can't play like Slash or anything like that. But he, as far as a guitar player, obviously, I, somebody I, I always look up to. Um, and then I sort of got into a little bit of heavy metal in my early teenage years. And um, after that, then and I got into punk rock, uh, probably you know, during high school, stuff like that. And was there something about punk that stood out, you know, different than metal? Like for myself, I'm the opposite where I, where I got into punk and then that kind of, you know, got me into heavier stuff. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that for you is kind of the opposite. Was there something about a punk that stood out that metal didn't offer you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess, you know, around that time, you know, obviously you're, you're growing up, you have a lot of, uh, uh, hormones and, and things changing in your mind, you know, as you, you're turning 15, 16 and, and so forth. Um, I guess at the time I was, I don't know why I just gravitated towards metal first. Um, I don't know. It must've been like a phase I was going through or something. Um, I was, I was actually born in Caracas, Venezuela in South America. Yeah. That's cool. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, we moved to the States probably 93, and so I guess that transition from leaving your home country and kind of starting a new life somewhere else, um, it's sort of, uh, you know, it, it had an impact on me as a person and growing up and everything. So adapting to a new culture, even though even when I lived in Venezuela, we had a lot of like uh, American influence, like in TV and music. Like we it was very um, attainable to to get those type of uh, media uh, in my country. Um, but I guess just the just a change, cultural change, uh, adapting to a new thing, making new friends or whatever. So maybe metal was kind of like an escape for me, mm-hmm. like, like just a little bit of rage. Perhaps I was going through, I don't know, but um, I could really relate to that type of music in my middle school years all the way to like uh, probably freshman year high school when I when I really got into into more punk rock. Uh, and that that was probably also a some type of uh, change emotionally that I was going through. So perhaps I, I could relate or at that time, I was able to relate more into punk rock than metal, and I sort of like just drifted off metal uh, and got into punk. And and how did you find punk music? Like in the in the nineties, you know, what, did you have access to the internet then, or were you going to, you know, to local shows or or touring, you know, big time touring bands that were coming through, or kind of how what was um, that transition like? Well, I mean, uh, I live in Miami, so our scene it's not the biggest scene as in other other cities. Uh, but we 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 would get big bands at the time. Uh, I mean, we always do still. But the scene itself wasn't uh, as you know as it was like being in California or or New York or whatever, where it was uh, just more accessible. I guess uh, we have a lot of different cultures here in Miami, especially Latin communities and stuff like that. So it's not as popular, I guess, as in other parts of the country. Uh, but my first recollection of listening to punk rock, it, it has to be Green Day. Um, mm. Awesome. Listening to yeah, listening to basket. Ca- well, actually watching the video on MTV when we could watch videos on MTV, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> watching Basket Case for the first time, I was like, "Wow, this this is like." It reminded me again, 
kind of like uh, talking back to the Beatles first experience. It was almost like that. Uh, I felt that same connection as far as like the melody and the, just the raw of the guitar, Billy Joe's guitar, the tone, the, the drumming, everything was just like, it blew my mind. I was like, what is this? Uh, I need to hear this and buy this CD, whatever. I got to do whatever. I, I had to take to buy this album, you know? And uh, so, yeah, uh, um, Green Day, definitely my first real punk influence even though at that time they were already being called posters or whatever like right sellouts because in the, in the 90s you know but whatever whatever you want to say about that band i mean they changed a lot of lives as, as far as like kids in that age growing up in that age that listened to them uh they definitely made a big impact in music and punk rock uh so they're one of the greatest bands of all time in my yeah. opinion yeah yeah and i'm similar they were they were one of the first ones actually i think i found uh a cassette tape on the on the playground <laughs> when I was in like in grade six. Didn't had no idea what it was, but I yeah. put it on and it had that album on. And I don't even know how long it took me to even know who it was, but yeah, every time now that I put you know Dookie on, it just takes me back to that. And yeah, such a such it, a great influential band. Yeah, it's it, it's funny that you mentioned that because it's one of those albums that you know they, it does they they age so well. Like there's some other bands that that I kind of go back to like from the 90s era and like i listen to it i'm like all right this is good you know it didn't have the same impact um to me now as an older person as when i was young you know and and when i listen to green day it actually like you said it just takes me back like it actually just and i feel the same kind of emotion as when i first heard it yeah it's one of those albums that uh no matter how old you are i think you're always going to enjoy it and it doesn't it doesn't get old yeah, and I think there's something special about that with punk music, like with nostalgia. I don't hear, you know, people saying, "Oh, the first time I heard, you know, Britney Spears or whatever," <laughs> you know, that right. it, it creates some like emotion. They might be like, "Oh, yeah, it takes me back to middle school or whatever," but it, it doesn't. It wasn't life changing, and you know, it didn't affect you know the way they dressed and who they hung out with, and so that's what 100%. I love. That's why I love talking about punk music and people that grew up on it because it was such a a lifestyle switch right like or at least for myself you know it affected mm -hmm. the way i dressed and who i wanted to hang out with and and all that kind of stuff so did you ever end up getting to see green day live uh i did and it it took forever actually i actually saw them in a war tour in i think it was 2000 or 1999 oh, i think awesome. they they were they, yeah they did they did a, a whole war tour um and uh i saw them for the first time there i was like oh man i remember they actually even because you know in, in those type of festivals they always have like a set time for the bands like they have to play like 45 minutes right and then the other band comes in because there's such a there's so many bands playing at the same time um and i remember you know they played actually like an hour and i think no effects was going to be uh following them and then uh they were just you know just looking at them like these guys man you know like I, I, I guess they could do whatever they want at that point. You know, I mean, they were they were big enough and they had never done a, a word tour. So they were, they were just like letting them do extend the, the set list for another 25 minutes or whatever, you know. And uh, yeah, so it, it was cool. It was, it was a really good experience watching them live for the first time. And what album cycle would have that been on for them? Uh, so 2000, that must have been that must have been after Warning, maybe. Oh, OK. I think so. Yeah, something like that. Oh, or, any, or Nimrod. Do you have any quick thoughts on, on kind of that transition for them from uh, Nimrod to, to Warning? I mean, it's I, I at that time, obviously, you know, when you're still young and you're you're kind of learning music and, and you probably don't, you, you 
maybe I didn't take it the right way. I was like, ah, oh, I, I don't like the sound. It's totally different than what I'm used to and this and that. And I think that's just because I wasn't mature enough. Uh, now, as a, you know, as I got older, I got back into that album and I think it's, they have some really amazing songs. And the, the songwriting of Billy Joe has always been, you know, top notch to me. Um, and uh, you can really see how the band started maturing after that point. Uh, and um, it's it's a really great album now. Um, but back then, obviously, I, I didn't take it too well. I was like, ah, I I kind of stopped listening to him for a while, you know. Yeah, and that's I find that interesting too. With you know, as we age and go back and realize, okay, you know, especially you know, for someone like yourself that is a musician, you can kind of appreciate that more. You know, when there's time and you go back and be like, okay, like I I kind of get what they were trying to do. You know, they're trying to switch it up or or whatever right. but yeah i'm the same at that time i was just like oh man what is this but now <laughs> when i listen back to it yeah like i love that album so yeah it's 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 a great album it's just uh yeah it's just uh, as you as you age i guess you become wiser i guess i don't know uh but uh you 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 start appreciating a lot of things that you kind of took for granted when you were younger definitely 100 percent. yeah yeah so you've shared a few uh, you know a few different stories with beatles and guns and roses and and Green Day, and what at what point would you say that you knew that music was your thing, where it was, you know, more of just this is what I like to listen to kind of in my time versus, you know, like this is consuming my life, I'm always thinking about it, I need to mm-hmm. have it every day? Um, I guess probably when I, when I picked up the guitar and I started learning, um, you know, basic songs and chords and things like that, I, I, I found, I've always been sort of like a, I want to say an artsy kid. Uh, I used to draw when I was younger, and you know, like I said, I'm into photography and video. And and music has always been a huge part of me um, as a person, um, you know, in my life. And um, once I picked up the guitar and I started learning some of these songs, like Green Day songs, Blink songs, and things like that, I I I I, I always said, you know, if I don't make it in a band or anything like that, at least I want to be able to learn the, the instrument, play it, and always have that around me, uh, you know, growing up. Uh, so, so I guess around that time when I picked up the guitar, that's when, when I knew music was, was a, uh, definitely a big part of my life. Yeah. Yeah, there's something really neat about when you add that other element of learning how to play the songs. You know, I always feel for, for people that love music, but they, you know, they can sing a note, they can play any instrument. Because it was the same for me when I started you know, playing drums and then guitar, realizing mm-hmm. like oh i can play these songs or play along to it it just added that extra element of feeling you know connected to that music of course of course 100 percent. so what was what was it like um like you kind of mentioned a bit about the scene and, and bands coming up did you have you know a group of friends that you hung out with that had similar tastes or were you kind of on your own with that or what was that what was that uh like um, no, I had I had um, I had a, a, a group of friends that, that were into the same music as I was. Um, one of my best friends, actually, we we sort of grew up listening to the same pretty much bands uh, throughout high school and things like that. I mean, I remember him buying a CD that I wanted and be like, "Oh, let me borrow it for a week and I'll lend you this CD that I have that you probably like." And we we would uh, exchange CDs like once in a while, you know. Uh, so that was that was always fun. And every time I, you know, heard about a new band, like by reading the the thank you notes on the CD uh, yeah. uh, sleeves or whatever, I'd be like, hey, we've got to check out this band, you know, and it's like, oh, awesome, whatever. Well, I remember 
I don't know if, if in your town they had this stuff, but um, in here in Miami, we had something called Specs or Blockbuster Music. Um, that was like in the mid-90s, I guess, mid to late 90s. And it was basically like a blockbuster of just CD, music CDs, right? Oh, wow. And they, and they had a, a little booth where you could actually pick a CD from the store and the guy will open it and play for you and you can just put your headphones on and listen to the CD. Yeah. It was awesome. I used to love that. And uh, we would spend hours just like, you know, I think there was like a limit of like three CDs per person or whatever. So we, you know, we would go both of us and we got like six CDs that we want to listen to like different bands and like, oh man, this is awesome. And that's how uh, we learned a lot of the bands because the internet wasn't as, as, as it is nowadays, obviously. Uh, we had internet, but it wasn't, you didn't really find like a lot of websites that talked about this stuff or whatever. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a, a group of friends that were, that were into that. As a matter of fact, Two of them, we actually, we started a band together in high school. Uh, that was my first band. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've always had uh, a few friends who are, who've, who've always been into, into punk rock. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm the same. You know, once you had, again, added that extra element when you had somebody else that kind of understood it and, yeah, you know, just wanted to pour over the liner notes and, and just dive into it mm -hmm. again. I don't think that happens yeah. with a lot of different genres of music. You know, maybe that's just more of an underground music kind of thing, but just could be, yeah. To, you know, have those experiences. And so, do you still have, yeah. you know, all your CDs, or are you a vinyl collector? Or? No, I, 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 I had like a really big collection of CDs at one point, um, and I actually think I mentioned it to you uh, uh, on a DM one one time we were speaking uh, that um, somebody broke into my car and they stole uh, my whole album of CDs that I had. There had like over a hundred CDs on a big ass like uh, uh booklet thing we used to put the cds in yeah and uh, yeah they stole that and after that i'm like you know what and that was around the time where like mp3s were like kind of like hot and uh, i'm like you know what i just i'm just gonna start like downloading stuff and and you know uh streaming stuff or whatever uh and i, I sort of stopped uh, collecting cds i do have a couple of vinyls that i like uh, of like some of my favorite albums, but um, I'm not that much of a collector of vinyl. I mean, I, that can I'm I'm already <laughs> neck deep in the guitars and stuff like that that I'm right. collecting. That I don't want I don't want to add another uh, <laughs> another thing to my list, you know. But yeah. but yeah, I, I enjoy listening to vinyls. Yeah, man, that's such a classic story of getting robbed of CDs. Like I hear that yeah, all the time. It was actually somebody else this week I was talking to online, and they said like just you know had all their CDs and DVDs and. Which is funny because now if you had a book of CDs in your car and someone broke in, they would be like, well, I'm not hauling that thing around. It's useless. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like when I look through my CDs, it's like, man, like I spend like, well, especially up in Canada, like CDs were so expensive, like 20, 25 mm -hmm. bucks for a CD. So it's crazy wow. to think that, you know, hundreds of CDs, like how many thousands of dollars I've spent. And now yeah, they're worth, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, it was heartbreaking. Let me just say that. I mean, it, I was I was mourning for, for for a few weeks, man. I was just devastated. Yeah. Well, at least now we have you know streaming things. If that was never a thing, you know, you'd have to rebuy all right. that music. Whereas now, you know, ten bucks a month and you get whatever you want. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I know I know there's a lot of uh, um, you know pros and cons about the streaming services and the way you know they pay musicians and things like that. Which I'm not gonna get into because I really I'm not in that market. But um, it it's for convenience for, uh, as a convenience for us. I mean it's so it's so awesome. Like I just I, I love that every time I like I'm like oh okay, I want I want to listen to this band like on the fly. I could just go and and just search for that and have this whole discography of the band. Like, you know that's amazing. You know before obviously it was 
it was a little bit different, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I totally enjoy the, the streaming services. I actually use Spotify and that, that works pretty well for me. Yeah. Yeah. I often think just like, man, my 16 year old mind would just be blown thinking I <laughs> could have access, you know, to any yeah. music I wanted. But at the same time, I'm so thankful I found music the way I did. Like you said, you know, looking through liner notes and going to shows and sharing it with your friends. Like now it's just put on a playlist or whatever. And, you have access yep. to so much that you don't really gravitate towards, you know, the artist as much. So, right, right, yeah. I mean, it's it's there was a definitely there was a a, a more of a connection back then uh, with the, with actually owning a physical CD, a copy of the CD. You and you spend the time reading those liner notes and looking at the artwork. Nowadays, it's just everything's so fast. You know, it's just yeah. information, uh, which kind of sucks in a way, but. It also it's also good because if you just want to listen to music right off the bat, then you know you have that in the, the you know tip of your fingers now. But uh, but yeah, definitely I, I miss that nostalgia of like holding that CD and and getting all excited and reading all those liner notes like you said. Uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely different. But uh, but yeah, it's good memories at least. Yeah. So what would you say has you know kept you coming back to this type of music after all these years? Like, why do you think you haven't? grown out of that phase or maybe or maybe you have but i take it that you know this is still a big part of your life so why why do you what do you kind of um acquit that to ah that's a good question uh i don't know i mean i guess i guess just 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 that foundation of the music and how going back to uh just finding out at that young age and and being there for you like when you know moments of happiness moments of sadness uh heartbreaks things like that i i i could always fall back in some of those lyrics from you know those bands from the 90s for example which is basically where you know the time that i grew up and and i can always go back to that and, and relieve those moments and and you know so maybe that's why it's like that's that, like that nostalgia that's never gonna let like, go away i guess yeah um that it, it's just it's it's like you know people who grew up who grew up in the 60s or in the 70s you know they they idolize led zeppelin and those type of bands hendrix and things like that which i i can relate like you know they're amazing musicians you know you, you play a led zeppelin song I'm like oh wow it sounds awesome you know they were ahead of their time but it doesn't do anything for me like it doesn't move me it doesn't speak to me um, a lot of the lyrics, uh, especially from like a band that I, I haven't mentioned, Face to Face, they've they they're probably one of my top five favorite bands of all time. Mm. And uh, a lot of the lyrics had a lot of power that maybe at the time when I was still young, I didn't really quite understand. But as I grew older, like they really resonated in me. And uh, despite or not whether I understood them 100 percent when I was so young, they 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 kind of stayed in the back of my head, you know. And uh, that's a kind of a band that I, I admire so much. And, you know, it, it, it came or I discovered the band at a time in my life where I really needed kind of like a message. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it can mean to different people, it can mean different things, you know. But to me at the time, that band really, really marked me. And um, I guess, yeah, going back to your question, just, just that nostalgia of, of of good music, man. It was really good music uh, at the time. Uh, you know, in the 90s, there were so many good bands coming out. And uh, despite what people say about, like, you know, the Ramones and older bands like that, which also were amazing, but the 90s had, like, something. You know, there was a, a, a different flavor in the music and the lyrics and the, and the riffs and everything was just, just 
completely changed the game. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. that's why you see bands nowadays trying to mimic that sound. And some of, some of them are good. You know, a lot of the younger bands they try to kind of keep that pop punk alive and stuff like that. But it's not the same. It's not. It doesn't have the same. You know, uh, authority yeah. as a lot of the bands in the nineties had. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. So you mentioned top five albums with Face to Face. What else are, are top bands? Uh, what else would be in those top five? Um, well, it's it's it, it's another good question. There's so many good great bands, yeah, but uh, it's hard to choose. <laughs> I know, and it just you know just because of of I guess of uh, how I I discover them basically. Um, I guess Green Day will be one. Blink-182, uh, Face to Face, uh, Screeching Weasel, it's another big, big band that I, uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah. And probably Rancid. Uh, those, those five bands really, uh, you know, made, made a, a big impact in my life growing up. Yeah. And what would be your, your favorite album from each one of those bands? Uh, Green Day, definitely Dookie. Um, Blink-182, that's, that's tough. But I, I guess Dude Ranch because... It was like the most the album that I listened to the most around that time. Yeah. Uh, face to face, the first one, uh, "Don't Turn Away," definitely. Mm. Uh, Rancid and "Out Come the Walls," just because it was, like I said, it was that punk explosion in the '90s, and that album was so good, like from beginning to end, it was just amazing. And um, "Screeching Weasel" probably killed the musicians, which was all uh, wasn't a real album. It was more like a, a collection of like uh, B sides and um, you know unreleased songs and things like that. And that was the first album that I listened from them. And and yeah, it, that it blew my mind too. I was like, oh man, this is cool, man. This is this is punk, but like melodic, but also like a little bit different than what I'm what I'm used to, like lyrically. And I really liked that album a lot. Hmm. Yeah, that's those are those are hard choices because all those bands have you know quite a, a discography to choose from. Oh yeah, yeah, for, for sure. So I you, mean, it's it's sorry, hard to choose. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, I'm saying it's really hard to choose one, but I, I think those five are are probably my top five. And it, and it's also interesting too hearing you know some especially with those bands that have been around for a long time and have lots of albums that our favorite albums aren't necessarily always you know their best one or the one that sounds the best or the most popular, right? Like sometimes mm -hmm. it's just the ones that had the most memories for us or the one that, you know, kind of got us into that. So it's just always kind of interesting to, to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And have you seen all of those bands live or what would, what would be some of your top live show experiences over the years? I have seen out of those five, I've seen all of them except uh, screeching weasel because I think they broke up, um, some sometime in the 90s and then they went right. back together and they broke up again they're kind of like a chaotic uh <laughs> group of uh musicians but um uh yeah i've never got to see them live unfortunately but uh i if we're going to talk about memorable shows i will say probably warp tour 97 which was my first warp warp tour ever and that thing was loaded with like bands it was like mxpx no use for a name uh the mighty mighty Boston's. uh Blink-182, um, Jesus, Les and Jake, uh, yeah. uh, just just an amazing array of bands. I think that's, that's a blind play. I think he, I think they I might have played. Hmm. I think I think they were still around. Yeah, um, I think even I mean they're not really that good, but Lim Biscuit, like right when because they're from Florida and they're like they were they were a no, they were not known at the time. I remember right. them seeing them like what? what who are these guys? You know, but. And then they blew up like years later. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, 90, 97 Warped Tour was like one of the best, best times of my life. Like it was perfect. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, we, I don't even know when we started getting Warp Tour up here. Like, it was only close to where I live once, mm-hmm. maybe twice. Um, oh, definitely wow. Definitely not, not in those, you know, in the 90s. So, yeah, I yeah. Love, love hearing about that. It's crazy. I can't imagine, you know, seeing a lineup like that, so. Yeah, that, I mean, it was, it, it was the, pretty much like all the hot bands of the mid to late 90s, all in one show, like in one, one venue. It was amazing. It was a real big fish was there too which i love is another sky band that i really yeah. like um yeah it was it was amazing it was just a great show so super you, great memories do you still try get to live shows like is there do many bands still come through there or is that kind of a thing that you just kind of leave kind of leave in the past or do you still try to get out when you can no yeah i do uh, as a matter of fact i was in the um face to face and lag wagon show a few weeks ago uh, yeah. which was awesome and uh, yeah, I try to I try to go to shows as much as I can. Uh, obviously, not not as much as I would like to, um, you know, because obviously sometimes life gets in the way. But I try I try to go out to to catch bands as often as I can. Yeah, I I love to watch them play live. And since I'm a gearhead too, I like to see what they play. And yeah. uh, you know, it also gives me ideas to when I do my videos that you mentioned earlier, as far as like what I choose or whatever. Um, I put a lot of work and and thought when i every time i do a cover i try to um you know do a little bit of research on the band and what instruments they were playing around the time that song was released or that album was released for example and um you know since i i'm lucky or fortunate enough to have a lot of like different guitars and things like that i can always kind of like pick and choose what i want to what the tone uh of that original song was to match with what i have and right you know, going back to that question, what you, what you mentioned about uh, my channel and my covers is that that I, I do put a lot of time and effort in in trying to make them as unique as I can as far as the sound and, and just the feel of the song. So, so yeah, going to live shows, for example, it's also a, a good way for me to uh, kind of do a little bit of uh, spy work on what, what mm. they're playing and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, I, f- I feel like we could just kind of keep going on things. But, uh, yeah, and wrapping it up here, uh, where can people find you online? Or is there anything, you know, coming up you want to share about? Or um, just where can people come and, and check out your videos? Uh, I mean, search uh, 90s Punk Rock Covers on YouTube, and you'll you'll find the channel right there. Um, you know, I appreciate, like I said, all the all the support that I've been getting from a lot of people who, um, who have been following me so far, um, you know, I get tons of good comments. I haven't even, I don't think I've ever gotten like a bad comment yet, which is kind of weird. I'll give you and, some. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten a troll yet or whatever. Uh, hopefully I don't, I don't get one now, but uh, yeah. So find me in YouTube, nineties uh, punk rock covers and also on Instagram where, where I do a little bit more of a, it's more of a uh, photography portfolio of like gear related uh, photos and things like that um you can also search in, in instagram 90s punk rock covers and you'll find me there yeah awesome well thanks so much sam for uh for making the time to do this i i love you know getting to to hear about different people's stories and upbringings especially you know from different parts of, of north america or the world or whatever and so yeah, yeah everyone go uh go check out 90s punk rock videos it will change your life <laughs> thanks a lot man i i super stoked to be on the show and uh appreciate the uh the opportunity to talk to you and uh you know make a new friend you know what i mean yeah awesome cool (laughs) all right we are gonna wrap the show up there as you heard that was aaron sitting down with uh sam aka 90s punk rock covers 
on YouTube. Again, if you want to uh, find us on our social medias, you can find us in a number of places on Twitter at Growing Punk Pod, on Instagram at Growing Up Punk. Aaron is on Instagram at Aaron Grew Up Punk. And uh, myself, David, on Twitter and Instagram at David Growing Up. And of course, wherever you are listening to this show, please rate it, review it, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Uh, and let's talk about our favorite punk records that we grew up listening to. It's as simple as that. Who doesn't like sitting around talking about music? You can talk about music with us on things like YouTube and CastBox or social media as well. Anyway, I'm rambling, so I'm going to get out of here. So bye. (laughs) 